Hello, Welcome. <laughs> oh, we're, oh, oh, it's you. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Hi. Uh, what? Oh, welcome. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. We've, oh, we 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 fudged it up. Oh my god. Oh I'm, no. I'm I'm so embarrassed. I'm gonna. You know what? Bye. This is my podcast now. This is Caitlin's podcast. Caitlin. <laughs> uh, no, but this is Paint the Town Dead, and I am one half of your host, Caitlin. And I'm Andrew. I'm also a host. And he's the other half. And your and better half, some would say. Debatable. Nobody would say that, actually. <laughs> it's not debatable. It's, it's, it is what is known as a lie. That's not... Don't be so hard on yourself, Andrew. Stop being nice. I can't help it. That's who <laughs> I am. Why did you laugh at that? <laughs> I, I'm a laughing person. That's what I do. Andrew is on one tonight, but that's okay. Yeah, you know. It happens. Yeah, uh, sometimes you get in a mood. Yeah. But I... You know what? What? It's episode 36. It is episode 36. And guess what? I'm finally doing an episode again. Yeah. Andrew uh, did the last three so kindly because my life was like, it, like I was like almost in tears. I was like, I'm so stressed out. He's like, do you want me to do this week's episode? I was like, please. It was a mixture. Yeah. So like, yeah. part of it was I really wanted to save that Texarkana story for the last. Yeah. And the timing worked out in such a way that I needed to do the last two. Yeah. And then the third one, Caitlin was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do this episode. I'm freaking out. Um, I got all this stuff. I got all this work I got to do. I got to do real work. I got to do classwork. I got to do all this. And I was just like, Caitlin, I got nothing going on. <laughs> do you want me to just do this episode? I was like, please. <laughs> And I think the episode was pretty good. Yeah. It was, it was John Slaughter last week. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Tom Slaughter. Tom Slaughter. You said that John is, Slaughter. I said John Slaughter. Tom and John are very similar names. That is very... His name was Slaughter. And he was an old-timey bank robin type. And I think that was a pretty good episode. Yeah. I liked it. Good job. Strong work. That dude was breaking out of jails all the time. He faked smallpox. It was crazy. It was. I couldn't fake smallpox. That's for sure. No, I don't, I don't even know how you would do that. Well, now I know how uh, you would do yeah, it. Yeah, I do. I know now. I'm going to poke myself a bunch of times with a pen and then cover myself in some sort of oil and then people will be like, oh, and I'll eat soap. That's yeah, for some reason. Yeah, no, eat soap. He, he ate soap because it gave Throw him a up? fever. Oh. Yeah, because... Your body does not like it when you eat things that are not edible. I just edible. figured it would make him throw up or have, you know, No, it gave him runs. a fever. That was the whole deal. How weird. Um, but yeah, 36... This is the first episode that is episode 36. The only episode 36. First and only. Hopefully. <laughs> Unless something goes wrong. I don't even know. How that would work. Would, yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing about 36, divisible by six, I think. Okay. Is that interesting? Probably not. And three, I guess, right? And two. And 12. Is it divisible by 12? Three times 12, 20, 36? 20, 12, then 24, then 36. Does that work? We're very good at math. This is, an ep- this is a <laughs> podcast about math called We Are Not Scientists. <laughs> this is our math podcast where we where two people who are bad at math have to do math in their heads. Ooh. <laughs> Wouldn't that, I would, be, would I would that be, be a good show? I would be very bad. That'd you be a what? bad show. How Nobody about... You know, I was going to say you come up with some stuff, but then that would be stupid because then you know the answers. Exactly. That's 
that's the concept for the show. One of us comes up with a bunch of math garbage, and the other person is like, oh, uh, no. Okay, let's do I'm it. I'm doomed. This, this is our kitsch for next week. Yeah. Everybody get ready for some math. Basic multiplication tables. We're going to post the the math questions to social media first, and see what everybody the other said. person doesn't get to see it. Oh, gosh. And then they have to do it in their head. That would be a... That'd be a bad show, yeah, actually. Let's not let's not do that. Episode thirty six, Caitlin, let's go. Oh, okay. Hey, okay, episode thirty six. This is um a good episode. Um sad. You know, our name is Paint the Town Dead. This show is about murders and people dying generally, Crimes. so Yeah, it's not exactly no. happy. But we try to, you know, not to disrespect their memory, but we do try to make it a little lighter at the end to send you off on a good way. Uh, okay, episode 36 is Case of Michelle and Mark Despain. Um, and right off the bat, pretty much one, 95% of my information came from truecrimedaily.com. So thank you for that. They had a very comprehensive article on this and it was very detailed and there was a lot of direct quotes. Um, so check that out. Okay, here we go. Here's the background. I'm... So excited about this. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Background. Michelle and Mark were married. They had what seemed a very loving relationship. They had a very beautiful family. They were high school sweethearts um, and had two sons together, um, as well as a teenage daughter from uh, Michelle from a previous relationship she had. Um, Everyone, including Mark's family and his mother, Tana, they loved Michelle and knew her to be a devoted mother and wife. Mark was a, he was a successful real estate appraiser and property investor, and he had learned the business from his parents as they had owned hundreds of real estate properties in Jonesboro. This is, takes place in Jonesboro, by the way, Arkansas. Jonesboro, we know aka that. the beacon of Northeast Arkansas. The only place in Northeast Arkansas. The beacon, there, it's a, it's a, it goes along with my Little Rock is the one true city of Arkansas thing. The beacon uh, of Northeast Arkansas? It's the beacon of Northeast Arkansas. I'll take it. It's a, and also, just uh, the only other thing I'm going to say real quick okay. is uh, Paragold can suck it. I agree. Terrible people are born in Paragold. Sorry if you're from Paragold to the people I love. But also, you can do better. <laughs> he, <laughs> he had learned the business from his parents as they had owned hundreds of real estate properties. Okay, so Michelle helped with various tasks with that business that Mark ran, but she worked from home and she also worked a part-time job at a bank, local bank nearby. Uh, Mark provided a very comfortable living uh, for his family. They were in a nice neighborhood with a nice house and a pool in a, like in a very nice area of Jonesboro. He, it was said he enjoyed spoiling Michelle and their children as well. And do you, do you know uh, what neighborhood they lived in? Like, was it Ridge, whatever it's called, the one that's fancy? My cat just jumped on the table. Um, I I don't recall. It said the address, but I don't really want to say it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably fair. I just I'm also because she worked at a bank. I'm thinking of like um, the main bank I think of when I think of Jonesboro. No, I think of uh, Simmons. I think of the Simmons uh, on uh, Caraway that yep. looks like a cinder block. It does. <laughs> it's just like it we, needs we, it needs a facelift. Yeah, there's like we put a cinder block down. And then we carved out a building into it. And there's a couple windows, so good luck. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a very, it's a very strange. 80s, 70s or 80s looking building. 
Yeah, it's a very gross-looking building. It needs a facelift. It does. But it is the building I think of when I think of banks for some reason in Johnsboro. That is weird. Probably just because it is so... Because they have that... It is. It's It's like two blocks. It really is. It's like yeah. we put a cinder block down, we put a different cinder block down, and we carved out a building. It's fine. And it's a bank. It's yeah. functional. It's nice on the inside. Um, so Tana said of the couple... Uh, quote, he just always worked hard, whereas Michelle spent money hard. And, quote, the more Mark made, the more Michelle wanted. She liked to associate with people who had money. She liked to rub elbows with the bigwigs, end quote. So, right off the bat. Who are the bigwigs in Jonesboro? Is it just football coaches? Like, I, I mean, know, doctors, some Fowlers, probably. Fowlers, yeah. Because the Fowlers, if you don't know. Are like a big, big money deal, people yeah. in Jonesboro. Donate a lot to ASU. Yeah, there, there is, in fact, the Fowler Center. Yeah, that's at which ASU, is a fine arts center. Arkansas State University. That's right. So. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know who the big wigs are in Jonesboro. Not, I don't rub elbows with them. <laughs> that, that just means you're not a big wig. I'm not. I will attest to this. I should get a big wig. Okay. Because I, I would, don't have any hair on top of my head. <laughs> that's a, that's a bald joke. <laughs> but. On August 24th, 2011, everything sort of changed. Um, Michelle made a very desperate and frantic call to 911. She said she had come home to find Mark lying on the kitchen floor, shot to death. She stated she was also afraid for her own life on that call. And when crime scene investigators arrived on the scene, it appeared as if a burglar had entered through a back door that was unlocked, then ransacked the house. However... Detective Vic Brooks noticed some abnormal things about the scene right off the bat. He, of course, noted the chaotic scene. There was things thrown about, strewn about, drawers open, things pulled out. But when he looked harder, he noticed that there were valuables in clear sight that weren't even touched. They were left. So he was like, right off the bat, he's like, this is a robbery. They're going to take the expensive, nice stuff that they can grab and that wasn't gone. This is basic law and order stuff. Right. Watch that show. Right. This is what you learn. Exactly. So he said it just didn't make sense of a residential burglar and that the scene appeared, quote, staged. So upon closer inspection of Mark's body, there appeared to be a gunshot wound to the left side of his chest through his shirt. And there was a second gunshot wound uh, that was noted to Mark's head. And it appeared to be from close range after he'd already fallen on the floor from the first gunshot wound. Um, Brooke said it was almost, it was like pretty much execution style between his eyes, which is absolutely horrifying that like you're injured by this intruder and you've collapsed and they just come up to you and shoot you. Like that's it. Like you're nothing. Yeah. So, that's when I hear execution style that, that heartless. really is heartless. It's something where it's like that. There's something that is the it. most messed up. Yeah. Face to face, through the, like. Yeah, I think I. You had to look that person in the eye and shoot him. Right. Yes. So. It's bad. Yeah. It's real bad. Yeah. So with these clues adding up to a stage scene and a premeditated homicide, the search for the killer began. So investigators, not wanting to exclude anyone as a suspect, they begin, you know, at home base. They begin questioning Michelle on that day. And they did just some light questioning because she was very upset. But. After they noticed things looked off the next day, they kind of started to grill her. So on August 25th, a formal interview with Michelle took place. Michelle stated, this was her, her statement, 
that she had seen Mark just a few hours before she found him in their home. He had taken her to lunch not far from the bank she worked at. And this was like her lunch break. And she returned to work around 1.30. A little over an hour later, she ran home to retrieve some bills that needed to be paid that day, only to happen upon the bloody scene, which is when she phoned 911. And in that same interview, Michelle said something very odd. She stated, quote, I mean, I hate to think his dad would do anything like that because it is his son, but he is just very, very cold hearted. In a later interview, Carl Kelly, who's Michelle's father, he's going to come back into play, who worked for Jack Despain, who was, of course, Mark's dad. So Carl said he said something similar to Michelle. He said, quote, yeah, if I was going to point a finger at anybody, if that's what you're asking, I'd point it at Jack Despain. He's told Mark he's the devil himself. He's the devil's advocate. He's told him that more than once, and he believes it, end quote. So this is a dad saying this about his own son. Oh. According to mm. according to Carl Kelly, who's Michelle's dad. So I know how this show works a lot of times. Okay. So spoilers. Don't spoil it. I have an idea that <laughs> Do you know maybe, where this is going? maybe they're full of it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Listen on. We're going to see. So Jack himself, again, Jack, who is Mark's dad, Mark the victim, Jack himself said, quote, he was hard nosed, my son. He was not a very good people person. As long as he could get that dollar out of you, he'd turn around and crap on you and walk away, you know, and that's the way he was. Capitalism, baby. <laughs> Pretty much. So this is a dad saying this about his own son again. So come to find out, Jack and Mark had once quarreled. They had a falling out. This was years before. And it was about money in the business. It was when Mark still worked for them. And the fight was still ongoing. This quarrel and this tension sustained for years. So Tana stated that the fight happened thanks to Michelle. So Mark and Michelle had gotten into a fight. Mark brought Michelle's concerns to Jack. Mark defended his wife to Jack. And got a, and they got really upset and aggressive with each other. And a rift kind of formed between them after that. And Mark left to make his own business. And Jack stated that this was fine with him and Tana as they wanted to distance themselves on the business side from Michelle anyways because they thought she might be a and, bit of a snake. And the business was real estate, right? Yes, real okay. estate. So they both had their own separate real estate businesses. Gotcha. Um, so the tension and conflict between Mark and Jack reached a peak, however, when Mark and Michelle said they found topless photos of Michelle's teenage daughter on Jack's phone. And there was no coming back from that. And the relationship between Mark and Jack just deteriorated further. I mean, it just was non-existent, basically. So Tana initially left Jack after the allegations, but they reconciled after it was learned that Brooke, who is Michelle's daughter, had borrowed Jack's phone and take le- taken topless selfies. And I, and I do want to make this clear that no charges were ever filed against Jack for this. He was not prosecuted in any way. It, th- and this is why. As the plot thickened for this encounter, it turns out that Michelle had put Brooke up to the task to cause a deeper wedge between father and son so that she could be like, oh, I discovered these topless photos of my daughter on your phone, but she's the one who put put her, her own daughter up to it. That's so weird and gross. It is. And in, in, in all the ways. Yes. Every, Very conniving. Even, even if it had been the other way around. Yeah. yeah. It's all gross and weird. Yeah. So. so, and even though Jack was innocent in this case, the wedge still remained because, I mean, it was just, it was hard to come back from that. 
No, I, I don't think there is any coming back from that, honestly. Even, if, even though it's not, like, real, you know? Right, no, but, like... It's hard to come back from that, though. There, There's gonna be a wet... <laughs> you've, you've got a wedge that right. already exists, and then, and then one of them decides, oh, let's make the wedge yeah. worse. There is no coming back no. at some point, yeah. I think. So... Yeah, so the wedge remained, unfortunately, all the way up until Mark's death, which is really sad. But needless to say, Jack is looking like a very good suspect in this case. And he has two people pointing the finger at him. So in this next part, kind of bear with me. There's a lot of he said, she said, finger pointing back and forth. So again, let's go over the characters. Mark Despain, the victim. Michelle Despain, his wife. And then we have Carl Kelly, Michelle's father. Then we have Tana and Jack Despain, who are Mark's parents. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm glad you mentioned Tana because I was like, who's yeah. that one? Tana Despain, Jack Despain, Mark Despain. Gotcha. Parents. Gotcha. And son. Okay, so detectives are interviewing Jack, and he's in total despair in one moment, and the next, talking like this about his dead son, saying these like kind of mean things about his dead son so police are really suspicious of him and thinking his moments of despair are kind of faked then jack starts talking about the bad relationship that carl who's michelle's dad and mark had he said that mark wasn't very good to carl but carl Carl and michelle deny that saying that mark and carl have a wonderful relationship and they go hunting together and they're buddy buddy hmm so jack claims that they are both lying to cover up something And he also states that Carl has made death threats against both he and Mark, claiming on one occasion that Carl pointed a gun at him and said, quote, I'll just kill your ass right now. So it's not very good. That's what that's normal. Don't say that. Don't do that. That's just Arkansas for you. It really is. But that's that's so Jonesboro. (laughs) (laughs) So Jack holds fast to the claim that Carl and Michelle are trying to cover up something saying he suspects Michelle was involved with Carl somehow in his son's death. But Michelle states that they, he, she and Mark had a very loving relationship. Police would find that this wasn't necessarily the case, as it always is. So the plot thickens. Or else this show wouldn't exist. That's right. So after further questioning, Detective Vic Brooks starts to kind of believe Jack, seeing that his grief is genuine. Uh, so upon further investigation, Jack had a legitimate alibi the day of Mark's murder. He was at home with Tana at the time of the murder. So Jack was cleared as a suspect. Um, with this declaration, attention turned to Michelle and Mark's life together, which what they would find was far from the perfect life that they portrayed for in public. Michelle confided to Detective Brooks that she was having an affair with a 24-year-old co-worker, Mark was not aware of the affair. And come to find out, Michelle had her little side piece set up in a nice way. She paid his rent and for his groceries and for other things. And Michelle said, quote, I gave that young guy a lot of money, which was money she was stealing from Mark's business, which had found itself in financial straits, meaning they were over $2 million in debt with their company. Um, shout out to that guy because, <laughs> my God, what a setup. Shut up. Hey. I get, I get to hang out with a lady, and she's giving me all this money. She's paying my rent. That thing that keeps me 
is separate from the Creed Brattons of the world. What? No. <laughs> because Creed, there's the whole thing on The Office where Creed's like, the only thing keeping me from being uh, homeless or whatever is this job. <laughs> yep. It's, it's kind of like that sounding. Uh, but man, that's... Hmm. Yeah. That's also strange. Like, 24, I, I, and she was 33 at the time. 33, 24... I hope that's not too irregular because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm creeping up on that 33. <laughs> I'm at it's 31. Fine. It's fine. But yeah, I like that's such a strange yeah. relationship. Yeah. I guess it's definitely a, uh, it's a mutual beneficial. I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gross. Yeah, it it's is weird and gross. Any cheater, any cheating is gross. Don't do it. Yeah. And, She's a, anyways, okay. It, it feels, it feels, can this not be prostitution? Is it not? I don't. For this guy, this 24-year-old guy who is like, know. I'm getting my rent and my groceries paid for from this, from this lady. Like, is that not what that is, essentially? I can't answer. Th- I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, I can't. You're not right. We are not. We're not scientists. We are not scientists. We're not mathematicians. <laughs> we're not lawyers. Just, we're just people. Just in general. We are not experts in anything. Yeah. <laughs> Pick a thing. We ain't experts at that. It's true. It's true. All right. So a week before his murder, Mark became suspicious of Michelle because uh, all the money was going and she had some weird hours. And so was he was com- like online banking. Like did that. I- I'm sure exist? he could. I'm sure he could like, he see like, the black, like the holes where the money should he be. He was just like. Why did seven hundred and fifty dollars go to this rent? So this apartment company, like that, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So he confronted her, stating he quote didn't know if he would stay married after the kids were grown. So Tana believes that this was the catalyst. Michelle knew if Mark left, then her money supply would dry up, and she wasn't gonna let that happen. But if Mark was gone, she she stood to gain over one million dollars over two life insurance policies from him on him. Why are there two life insurance policies? Because you can do that. Why without people knowing? I don't know if. Yes. Um. You can do that. There should be a law called the YOLO law. You only live once. You don't have two life. (laughs) Two lives to it's, give. It's to cover. It's to cover all the expenses. I don't death. understand. It's death is expensive. Okay. <laughs> I I know it is expensive. Yeah. Like legit, but also it's messed up. Why are there two life insurance there two, policies? There are. He only lives once. He's not a cat. It's true. But this was all just a hunch. You know, this is all very circumstantial stuff. Until an anonymous tip came into police. The caller identified a man who had been boasting that he was the one who killed Mark to Spain. This guy's name, Terrence Barker, a.k.a. Coelho, which is a cool name. Or is it Qualo? I don't know. Coelho versus Qualo. Probably Coelho, like Quaaludes. It seems like a Spanishy name, so I'm like, I'm thinking Qualo. It's, he, it's, he's not Spanish. I know he's not. But if I, I, listen, if I came up with a fake name for myself... It's not going to be generic white man. <laughs> it's not going to be like, my name's John Smith. You oh, know, well, you should go with that. Because <laughs> that's the most generic white man name possible. Yeah. 
I'm going to come up with something like the opposite of what my name would could conceivably ever be. Well, tell us in a minute. Okay, so the story unfolds. When police apprehended Terrence for questioning, he initially denied any involvement in Mark's murder, as one does. But after a mountain of evidence was stacked against him, including eyewitness testimony and cell phone tower records, he was like, yeah, I did it. That That's always my favorite. It's like, I didn't do it. We have all this evidence. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. I well, did. here's what happened. <laughs> so, so witnesses said they had seen him near the scene in a blue Mercedes, which they found belonged to a man named Johnny Hubbard, who is a tenant of Mark's in his one of his complexes. So Johnny, Johnny boy, Johnny Hubbard told investigators that Carl Kelly, again, Michelle's dad, had approached him about murdering Mark to Spain. Carl told Johnny if he didn't do this, then he would be out on the streets. He would be evicted. But Hubbard said he deferred the task to Terrence Barker, who was kind of a known criminal and known to do crimes for hire. Um, Terrence stated that Carl provided a weapon for him, but stated it seems that it was Michelle that was calling the shots because they were texting all day. And Michelle was like, OK, do this, do this, do this, do this. So on the day of the murder, Michelle texted her father and quote said has to be today, which Carl replied with okay, can you get him to lunch? And she said yes, and they texted more. But she deleted the texts like as soon as she sent them. But of course, they were recovered about a year later. And again, yeah. What? How do I get in touch with the criminal underbelly of Jonesboro? Because Jonesboro, again, is not that big. I I wish I could tell you. It is. I mean, I know it's the... I am also not in touch with the criminal underbelly. fifth largest city in our state but you know our state is kind of small overall yeah and that's not that's not a judgment that's not me talking mess because about the one state i've ever lived in but it's just jonesboro, a smaller state jonesboro doesn't feel like the place where you're just like oh they want to they want to kill the guy I'm going to outsource it. And that's just a thing I can do. Like, that doesn't feel You're not like. You're going to get away with it. That doesn't feel like something that would even happen. Like, it's not just like we're going to do a crime. It's we're, we're going to do a crime. We need to not just do the crime. We have to find somebody else to do the crime. Yeah. And that's. Not a good that's idea. That's just. It's just wild to think about Jonesboro. <laughs> Which, again, Jonesboro is not very big. It's 60,000, 70,000 people, something like that. That's not a very big town. And I'm not giving you advice for committing crime. But if you're going to commit a crime, you should probably hold it pretty close to the vest and get the least amount of people involved. I mean, it's like... uh, I'm not giving advice for crime. Don't do crimes. I think Caitlin's getting her crime advice from The Dark Knight, where all all of the jokers... Vigilante. Be a vigilante. Where all the jokers are killing each other. Sure. At the uh, during the bank heist, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. there's like they're like, um, I'm I'm supposed to kill the guy who does the thing, and they're like at mm. the end, it's like I'm supposed to kill the bank driver, and the guy's like, the what? And then a bank, a uh, bus bus driver, not bank driver. You don't drive banks. That's ridiculous. What is wrong with me? But yeah, the bus bursts in. Yeah, runs over that guy, and he's just like. Ah, and so. it's like that's, but yeah, it's it's kind of. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of blown away with this idea of Jonesboro having this ridiculous, circuitous, 
That's a like, good word. Yeah. Just yeah. Th- this whole this whole connection thing network. Yeah. Of criminals, and it, again, it's a it's such a small town, and that's why it's weird to me. That, that a guy named Terrence is also <laughs> one of the main criminals. Yeah. Terrence. Hey. That's not a, that's not an intimidating name. Hey. Sorry, Terrence. I think he was an intimidating dude, though. Uh, okay, so the text. So not long after that, those text message exchanges happened, Michelle and Mark went on their lunch date. During that time, Carl let Terrence into the home where, like, Michelle and Mark lived, and Terrence waited for Mark to return from the date. Michelle feigned shock when she returned after work to find her husband's body in a pool of blood. So, with the evidence on lock and the story told, investigators confronted Michelle with the information they had. And the following are quotes from the taped interview. And Mich- uh, Andrew's going to read Detective Brooks's part or the detective part. And I'm going to read Michelle's part. All right. You okay. want me to start now? Please. All right. This is me starting now. Okay. I have the man that shot your husband. The one that killed him in jail right now. You know for sure? Yes, ma'am. He is in jail. Okay? At this point, I will also be arresting your father. My father? Yes, ma'am. Your father will be arrested for murder. I have all the information, all the evidence I need. Not Mark's father? No, ma'am. Your father. Carl Kelly is responsible for setting this up partly to have your husband killed. So with this news, Michelle turns on her father when she was asked about the million dollars she was receiving. The implications are, and everything else that's been gathered, this money's supposed to have been coming from you. He's greedy and lazy. What would he get out of this? He would think that I would take care of him. So after this, Michelle shut down and refused to answer any more questions without a lawyer. But it didn't matter because... The case was pretty well irrefutably solved. So with the aftermath of this, Carl Kelly and Terrence Barker pleaded guilty to first degree murder of Mark Despain. They were both sentenced to 35 plus years in prison. Johnny Hubbard pleaded guilty to hindering apprehension. He was sentenced to 18 years. And I saw two different sources. One said plus another 20 and one said plus another 40. So 58 total. And this was, he got the extra years for violation of probation from a previous drug offense. So I'm, I'm not really sure exactly. Michelle, a while later, would plead guilty to apprehension and was sentenced to 30 years. Tana said she knew it was Michelle who was the head of it all and the others were just taking orders from her. Michelle maintains that she only knew about the murder after the fact. And she was eligible for parole for the first time in 2019. So eight years after all this, she was eligible for parole for the first time. How'd that go? Well, here, okay, I Googled it because you can look that up. You can look at people who have gone to parole hearings and what their outcomes were. On the parole thing for the DOC, Department of Corrections, it said that Michelle's, uh, Michelle's parole, it said approved. Now, I don't know exactly what that means because I tried to investigate further to see if she was out of prison. But when I looked at uh, inmates, like you can look at inmates to see where they are. It says she was still in the Cummins unit, I believe, or something McPherson. I can't remember, but it said she was still in a unit. Her current location was. In. Oh, I have to yell at you about the Cummins unit. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So the same person who told me 
uh, something. I forget what it was. Uh-huh. Back when the episode was when yeah. I, I made the whole bit where you interrupted me, so I, I couldn't give them a shout out. Oh. That same person <laughs> who is not going to get a shout out. No. Not by name okay. because that's she, that's part of the joke. Listen. That's part of the joke. She, don't, knows, don't. she knows who she is. And that, I, it's it's not my fault. Andrew makes <laughs> me do it. But uh, she wanted to point out, Cummins Unit, mm-hmm. you said in an episode that it was near Newport. Is it not? No, it's a southeast Arkansas thing. Which it's closer to Pine Bluff. Which one's near Which one's near Newport? Is it the McPherson? Um, I don't know the name of it. There is a federal prison in northeastern Arkansas near Fort City. Mm-hmm. That's where T.I. was uh, oh. imprisoned on gun charges of some sort okay. anyway i'm supposed to yell at you about that oh, okay i'm cool. not gonna do that on the podcast we'll wait until after the podcast and i'm gonna yell at you really let me i'm it. gonna just really scream at you it's, <laughs> you're you're gonna be crying no. it's messed up okay. how much i'm gonna scream at you but anyway i just wanted to mention that real quick okay so jack and tana um it, this is really lovely actually they established mark's place which is a non-profit to help victims of violent crimes navigate legal issues and their name came after they would visit um, they would visit Mark at his grave and instead of saying let's go to the cemetery let's go to Mark's grave they would say they were going to visit Mark's place so it was kind of something special for them it's kind of nice yeah. yeah i you know i i was thinking about that not that long ago uh, after my grandma passed yeah where it's she she's buried with like a bunch of other people who are in my family and yeah. very 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 small town yeah. like she's not buried in, even in the small town she's she was living in but like a smaller small town mm-hmm. that my family has history in yeah and it was it it was kind of interesting to look at and just be like oh yeah that's you know that's my great-grandfather mm-hmm. my dad's talked about him yeah. and stuff like that yeah it, so it's yeah that's kind it, of it's their it's place kind of nice it's, it's not sad it's their place and they're going to visit right them. it's yeah. you don't graves aren't necessarily bad and also it just we say grave. The word grave yeah. just sounds grave. Sounds dark. Yeah. So we're like, I'm gonna ruin everything I've said of uh, saying all these nice things and say like, you know, grave digger. And it's Aww. like grave digger, the monster truck. Oh, Andrew. You and it. so stupid. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, yeah, but if Mark's place. It's special. When you think about that, it's in that way. Yeah. And it's maybe that's just cause I'm a dumb person who thinks of dumb things. But, that's true. That's true. But but yeah, it's that's very nice. Yeah. I, I want to I want to convey this is a very nice thing. It is. And I want if if you know if Jack and Tana or Tana What yeah. However her name uh, is yeah. said, I've never seen that n- name before. <laughs> um if they somehow listen to this, I want to I I genuine genuinely want to convey I think that's a very nice thing. It's beautiful. Yeah. And this is the mission statement, according to Tana, for Mark's Place, the the organization. It is, quote, to help an individual who's been a victim of crime, whether the person has experienced the loss of someone through murder or they are a victim of some type of abuse, abuse. The goal is to help them through the legal process and to serve as a support group during the process in any capacity possible. Some of the services that Mark's Place provides its clients include resource packets, brochures, assistance with legal process and finding therapy when possible the organization will also assist the transportation for the victims to court proceedings and other needs which is just like you don't think about you know the the victim's family necessarily and all this they're victims too so it's it's wonderful that they 
provide an organization. But here's here's the unfortunate thing. I'm not 100% sure that the organization is still active because I did try to go to the website and I tried to go to their Facebook page and neither exist anymore. But it doesn't matter because the fact that they did something so meaningful and beautiful with Mark's name and memory is, is a great thing. So Yeah, and that's, you know, I hope they... I don't know how many people they helped. Yeah. If they helped but one, if then they that's helped, important. Yeah. If they helped a single person. Because, again, like, it talks about um, transportation to yeah. court proceedings. Listen, being poor, which I know they necessarily weren't. You but right. court stuff is expensive, expensive in a way that is problematic yeah. in America. Yeah. And I, I say in America. I don't know Probably about everywhere. other countries. because. Yeah. I'm only from America. You're American. And my, I have, I don't have like a law degree in America <laughs> or anything, let alone elsewhere. But court stuff is very expensive in a way that is, like I said, it's problematic. Yeah. Um, so any group that is helping people get to and from yeah. and help with paying for lawyers paying for court expenses whatever they do just help them guide. anything yeah literally anything yeah. that helps is a good thing agreed because it it's a problem yeah and you know i i hope we can fix those things but you know Takes until time. we do yeah there i'm i'm glad to see people helping of course so that is the story. That's the case of Mark Despain and his alleged killers. Killers. But Andrew, we have something we need to talk about. Uh, about what? What? What are we talking about? We have something important. It happened in jo- it happened in Arkansas. Oh, oh God! Oh God! Today. Yes. I totally forgot because. You're the one doing the show today. I yeah. forgot. But yes, this is important stuff. Listen. I cannot even... Listen. I cannot convey even. how important, how interesting, how amazing this is. Okay. It is pretty exciting, though. All right. No, it really is. Like, yeah. you're, I'm not joking. This is super interesting. Yeah. Because you're, okay, okay. you're talking about something that has been on our list for a long time. Yes. And that is the case of Rebecca Gould. Which we kind of were like deciding whether or not we want to do it because there's a really great podcast called Hell and Gone that covers it and it's very thorough, it's very detailed, and it's like a whole podcast about this case. And there's also, um, there's a book that I've read. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it has like a chapter for different things uh, for like Arkansas crimes, especially Northeast Arkansas crimes Uh because that's what... The guy who wrote the book, he's from Northeast Arkansas. Oh, okay, okay. He was a journalist and like, you know, oh, I, I'm blanking on names and I hate myself for it's that. Okay. It's okay. But like the lawyer who sent the snake through the mail. Oh, yeah. He had two chapters on that guy. Oh. Um, oh, the Elliot murders, I think is what we called the episode, mm. where which was a real messed up, yeah. bad time. Yeah, it was. He had a chapter or two about that in the oh. same book, and he had a chapter about Rebecca about Gold. Rebecca Gold. And, it, and, and in fact, he was he became friends with her father. Who was a physician? Is he a doctor? I forget, but like uh, one of the pictures in the book is uh, the author, whose name I forget because okay. I'm the worst. We'll post it. We'll post it. Yeah. And there's like a picture of him and Rebecca Gould's father. 
and uh, the the author because mm-hmm. he, he was a journalist. Yeah, he was actually there when they found her body. Oh, and, but they but him and the the father they became like kind of well, friends, mm-hmm. and he was one of the guys. He came and bought like some books because you know he he his books. You know he, when you write books about these things, right? There's it's a pretty niche market. Yeah, yeah. When you're talking about like Arkansas. northeast Arkansas. Yeah, crimes and stuff. And I feel so bad that I can't think of his name. I should just bring it up at some point, but it's okay. Uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll bring it up at the end because I'm going to find. I'm going to do some googling. Okay, but you know that the the, the fact that that is a thing. Like the, I want I I do want journalists. Yeah, because journalists make no money. No, even even and the back work in the they day, do is important because they help get things out and they help investigate things too. Yeah, and even even back in the day when journalism was more viable, yeah, they still made no money, right? So I I do want to put that out. His uh, the book was like Creekside Bones. Oh yeah 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 yeah, and that the. The, just just look it up. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll look it up and so what we're talking I'll bring it about, up later. We're talking about Rebecca Gould, who was a young woman who was murdered, I think, 16 years ago as of this year. It's, if that's not it, it's very close to yeah. that. Yeah, I think it was 16 years ago. She was murdered in Melbourne, Arkansas, which is funny where my associate's degree is from. My associate degree in nursing is from Ozarka College in Melbourne. Oh, how embarrassing. You didn't get it from a real college? Shut up. Uh, but uh, anyway... She, so I spent some time in Melbourne. Uh, anyway, she was murdered. And they do say Melbourne, not Melbourne. As far as I know, that's what. Okay, I was just, I was just checking. Okay. Keep on. All right, so she was murdered around 16 years ago. She was, her body was found. In the case, I'd read where they never labeled it as cold, but it was more or less cold for this past 16 years. Right, I mean, it's been that long. Yeah, and from what I hear, it was... I haven't actually, I'm going to be honest, I haven't listened to Helen Gone, but I know it's a really good podcast. Um, but I haven't read the chapter from that book because I was saving it for when we actually did, <laughs> did the episode. Did the episode. But then. But this happened. This happened. Okay. What the happened? day of. What happened? What happened? What happened? Okay. So they, uh, not long after her murder, they recovered her body and it kind of remained cold for a while. Uh, until, and they, uh, from what I hear, they always kind of suspected the boyfriend. Until today, an arrest was made in Rebecca Gould's case. And I don't, I cannot confirm nor deny this, but from what I hear from different people who are connected in different ways, it is the cousin of the boyfriend. Cannot confirm this. This might just be hearsay, but I have heard that it is the cousin of the boyfriend. Okay. So he is a man from Texas. He was up visiting at the time of Rebecca Gould's murder, he's visiting. And I'm just looking at this guy and I'm thinking, man, if I were fatter Shut and up. older. <laughs> no, you're right. You are not that guy. You are not that guy. One, I'm not that guy. I would never be that guy. Yeah. And three. Three. <laughs> and three, I'm handsomer yeah. than this guy. It's just. Also, you're I not just, a murderer. Yeah. I, I, as far as you know. Uh, <laughs> no, but for real. I'm up next not, week, Andrew Ferguson. <laughs> No, but for real, like, part of it is just me looking at him being like, he's just he's a, got a he's gross, a, no, receding hairline. You are not that guy. And then he's got a beard. My beard's better. That guy can yeah. suck it. Yeah. 
And also, also, here's the main thing. You're not a murderer. That's, that is that's the it. main that's thing. That's all you need. That's all that you need. That is the main thing. That's all you, and I'm you're just, not going to prison. Just, that's it. As that's far all as I know. Um, that's all you need. I'm just talking, you know, yeah, what, it, what are we talking about? Appearances. Surface level. Yeah. 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 Appearances. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm better than Yeah, him. you're better. You I'm go. better looking and I'm a better person. Exactly. Both, both important. Yes. So anyways, so this guy... Get this. Get this. Again, I have pictures of this. This man joined Rebecca Gould's Facebook group. I totally forgot about that. You did send me that. Oh, my God. He joined her Facebook. It was like, you know, like people remembering her, talking about the case and whatever, keeping it alive. He joined her group a little over a year ago. And... And like somebody commented, who's like, thanks for welcoming me to the group. She's like, yeah, you're welcome. Blah, blah, blah. The admin. How creepy is that? He, <laughs> I'm, I'm slamming my fist on the table. He was a part of the group. I guess he was keeping tabs on things, seeing how close they were to getting them. That's what they're, oh, he's living, he's from Texas, but he, he lives in Oregon and he had just returned. They arrested him today because he had just returned from an extended trip in the Philippines. Yeah, this is actually, that actually makes me think of like, the old adage about like killers always return to the scene of the crime. Yes, that's exactly like, true. It's kind of like a a modern version of that. Yes, or visiting your victim's grave, something it, like that. It's like the evil version of when I was talking mess about politics to somebody, and I would always go back to see if they had deleted my post yet <laughs> on Facebook. Oh my god! It's it's like that, except you know, a billion times worse. I. A billion's not even the right number. A trillion. A gazillion. A Brazilian. Like Oh, okay. A number that doesn't exist worse yeah. than me getting drunk and talking mess about politics <laughs> on Facebook do, and then going back like and being like, have they have they deleted my post? Because if they delete my post... I'm just going to post again. Guess what? I'm either going to post again or I'm going to feel more powerful because you couldn't handle how real I was. <laughs> Calm down. But that's... But no, that's that legit. Don't take Andrew's advice for social media. <laughs> no, for real, I, I do a bad thing on social media. Uh, but yeah, no, that's so crazy. That is crazy, and it is very much like he's returning to the scene of the crime yes. virtually in yes. a way. And he, that's, he is. That's he, what's wild about it. He's just trying to keep tabs on things. And ha ha, sucker, they got you. So I'm very curious. The articles I read did not state how they came about to arresting him. But here is my prediction. Familial DNA, season of justice, 100%. I kind of hope it is that. Yeah. Um, That would be, because that's that's Golden State Killer. Yeah, um, it's like everything now. (laughs) There's there's some other cases. Yes. Which, of course, my brain is currently blank. And I can't think of them now. And I hate myself for it. But yeah, that it's very interesting, and yeah, like he 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 thought he got away with it. And, I think, and, and uh, now oh, you he know hasn't. what? Innocent until proven guilty. I will say that that's very important. That is kind of the linchpin of American justice. Yes, I think it's very. I think that is a a lot of people don't believe in that. I think it's very important. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, innocent until proven guilty. He was arrested. He was charged. 
but he has not gone before a jury of his peers. He has not been convicted of this crime. Right. The interesting thing is just that there's been a break in the case. In this case, you know, it happened in 2004. I, I looked it up. Oh, thank you. So, a 2004 murder. 16 years old. You might not want to believe that that was 16 years ago. Which is crazy. <laughs> but the fact that it is, like, that's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. That's, yeah. That could... That we hopeful. we will see what happens, but I mean it's like uh it's like um oh I'm blanking Jessica Baggin you know from oh yes same thing you know we had a whole episode about it well it was it was a two parter Part, we did partially and girl and Buck's and girl yeah but again they found out who she was and it's all the DNA coming back brother all right also so there was that something else I want to mention. Take this with a grain of salt. How many grains? One. Just one? Maybe a couple. Because I love salt. Okay. Well, just a, just a little bit then. I love it. Okay. So, OK Magazine, which I'm pretty sure is a tabloid, said... It's not OK as in Oklahoma. I, no. OK! Exclamation part magazine. <laughs> okay. I said exclamation part. Exclamation mark magazine. It said that our buddy, Chris Watts, who was is the grosso who killed his pregnant wife and his two little girls, you know, in Colorado. Remember him? Yes. It said that Chris Watts was disciplined in prison for having his underwear, toiletries, and lubrication found in another inmate. So, um, so I have a thing. Tell me <laughs> what Yeah. <laughs> are you saying to me? What are these words? I don't, what do they mean? It sounds like, Chris the Grosso found love in prison. That's what I'm picking up from this. Could mean anything. Could mean he tried to get a different roommate. And these are just his personal effects. No judgment. But he's a gross guy. And a bad dude. I'm just... I I don't even... I can't even process the things you are saying to me right now. (laughs) Like, his his things... Were found in another inmate cell. Okay. And that those things were his underwear, yes, toiletries, right? And where, pers- personal lubrication. Okay, so when you say toiletries, probably like a toothbrush. I don't know, toilet paper. I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of toiletries they have in prison. I, I was just wondering because, like, I don't know. What do you do when you move in with somebody? You keep your toothbrush at their place. You keep your toothpaste and your brush I at just, their place. I, I don't know because, like, I am a man. I know yes, what I know what men are about. And sometimes when people talk about like women and mm-hmm. like women's anatomy or whatever, anyway, th- people will say things and it's like, I'll be honest, I don't understand. I don't know. But what, what does it mean to just say toiletries for a man? It's I, not that complicated. We are the least complicated. <laughs> what, are, what I, are you saying to me? I guess it was his toothbrush. I, I, that's what I'm assuming. Did he not get different toothbrushes? Can he not just be like, listen, this guy took my toothbrush. He moved, Can I have a different one? He was one? moving in. I just don't understand. I am so... It seems like that. I can't. I, I don't know what's going on. The, the, here's I the am point. confused. Here's the point. Chris Watts is a bad dude. That's for sure. That's why he's in prison. Yeah. Hopefully, if you're a bad person, you're in prison. Sometimes that's not the case. It's true. It's a but, whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, Chris Watts, yeah. He, uh, so hope, I, I don't know. Maybe he found him a lover in prison. Who knows? Anyways, moving on. 
Uh, Queen's Gambit. Did I talk about this last week? No. What is is that chess? Yes. Is it a chess show? Yes, sort of. It's. I it's, think I had it to my list. It's but. really good. The Queen's Gambit is a move in chess, according to the show. Is that true? I don't know, but it's real. The show is really good. I love it a lot. I'll be honest. I can be convinced of anything when it comes to a board game that I don't play. Can like, you? Do you know how to play chess? I mean, I know the rules of like the basic rules. Yeah. But I don't know like the meta game strategy i don't know the strat yeah, yeah the strategy yeah. i don't know like if people are like oh you're gonna do the queen's gambit the queen's gambit or oh you're doing the the sicilian the yeah the sicilian or the let's 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 make up more words for like no that's in the show oh is it it's a move it's i a was move gonna make up some words for like oh you're gonna do the the ronsky faint the pawn's rook I think that might be. A thing. You're gonna you're gonna do the, the what is it? The, the Ronsky faint. The you're gonna do the rooks. The Ronsky faint. This is from Harry Potter. It is a Quidditch Ronsky move. Ronsky faint. I think so, isn't it? Quidditch is not chess. Because <laughs> here's the thing about chess. Chess is a real game. So is Quidditch. Quidditch. Is straight trash. What? No. Like, okay, Quidditch. I need like, you to stop talking no, no, right no. now. What what are the rules of Quidditch? It sure does seem like it. The rules are if you get the the flying thingy, the what's it called? A broom? No. What's the what's the thing? Snitch. The snitch. Yeah. If you catch the snitch, you win. No, that's Whereas not true. Everything else. No, that's not okay. true. You this catch, is this you is probably the, you catch the snitch, you win 150 points, and the game ends. That doesn't mean you win the game. You just get 150 points. Okay, the game I'm ends. so glad you mentioned that because. They don't explain that in the movies. Yes, they, oh, no, no. They in explain the it in the, in the books, though. I'm sure they do in the books where they're like, yeah, trans rights don't exist. Anyway. Um, that's not the books. <laughs> that's not the books. That, that's basically the books. That's not if, the books. If we were to really break it down, that's I bet it could be the books. <laughs> anyway. Okay. But I am glad you mentioned that because watching the movies only, which is like what I've done, it is, it is straight up like, catch the snitch and you win. Whereas all the other stuff that happened doesn't matter so it does how so, so, there, so there are three you goals s- you can still be up like if uh, the, your opposing team is has 160 points do you, you ha- and okay. you have zero you catch so, the snitch you get 150 points but you still lose the game because the opposing team had 160 so it's just like i'm tired of this game yeah you need it to but end. I, can, I can catch a snitch and we can go home yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much um so how much do you get for throwing it through the hoops? I think it's like 10 points. A, a oh, God. Or maybe they're different Because there's three sizes. hoops. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and read that. Quidditch sounds like trash. You sound like trash. Um, yeah, the Ronsky defense feint is a move. It's a tactic in Quidditch. I'm doing the... It's when, the, they, it's when the seeker the, pretends to see the snitch and dives for it and so the other seeker will dive for it and then they immediately like at the very end they pull out of it so this this actually makes quidditch interesting the way you're talking about it because to me quidditch was straight up just like catch the oh what's it called snitch Snitch. catch the snitch you win nope good job this makes it interesting because if a team is like at 160 the other team's at 150 or no even better if the team's at one team is at 140 uh-huh. The other team's at zero. Yeah. One team's going to be like, we have to get the snitch. Or we have and the to other get team's going to yeah. be like, no, 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 no. Don't, Don't let them get the snitch. We need two if more goals. If they get the snitch, 
they win, yeah. game is over. That's actually like kind of interesting. So you're welcome. It's a sport. <laughs> it has not, rules. Uh, not a real, one, but it does have rules. It's just that they don't explain those. The very rules well. aren't explained well enough in the movie. I will say, I think movies. that Oliver Wood, who is the captain of the Quidditch team in books like one through three, which Quidditch team? Uh, the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Oliver oh, Wood. Okay. Uh, at, in the beginning of, I think the first movie, I think he does quickly explain it. But I think he has a pretty thick Scottish accent, so you might have missed it. That's very possible. I haven't watched those movies in a long time. I watch them basically. And <laughs> They're always on TV, so I always watch they them. They really are. But there is definitely like a moment of like, this person's British or Scottish or whatever, or Welsh or yeah. Irish accent. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I know they're saying the same words. What are you saying? <laughs> they're saying the same words as me, sort of, but... but listen... Speaking of words that are said a little differently, I need you to know that I am not necessarily looking to actively move, but it would be really cool to live abroad. And I just looked at different places that would be great to live abroad. And New Zealand consistently popped up as number one. So I just read a little bit about New Zealand, okay? And I liked, this was my favorite part of learning about New Zealand. You know how we call like the outskirts of town, like out in the country, we call that the boonies or the boondocks or you know, the hills or whatever. They call it, get this, they call the boonies in New Zealand, they call it the wop wops. <laughs> the the wop wops? The wop wops. That Man, w- New Zealand sounds awesome. I know. So Hobbiton is out in the wop wops and it said, bring a brawly, like an umbrella because it's going to rain. <laughs> okay, real quick, it. because yes. I, I forgot to do it earlier. Okay, tell me. That book. Yes, yes. It's called The Creekside Bones. Uh-huh. Colon, reality is more horrifying than fiction. Ooh. And that's in reference to the Elliot murders, which yes. is an episode we did. Yes. And it's by uh, George Jared. George Jared? George Jared. So if you want to look that up, The Creekside Bones, Reality is More Horrifying Than Fiction by George Jared. He wrote a book about the West Memphis Three. We will probably never do an episode on the West <gasps> Memphis Three. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, shout out to a friend of mine, Andrew Brown. He just started his own podcast. Guess who his first interview was with? Was it George Jared? Author George Jared. Oh my. I just locked my screen so you couldn't see it. I'm throwing my phone. That's it right there. He talked to him about his book. Okay. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. We suck. We do suck. We're the worst podcast ever. This is what Andrew. In comparison. My friend Andrew had to say. I'm not sure his podcast title, um, but oh he's another God. local podcaster. He, he's located in Jonesboro. He said, don't let the smiles fool you. Quote, a horror story writer could not invent a story worse than what happened. To this day, it still gives me nightmares. Oh, my God. Is he talking about the Elliot murders? Maybe. It says, this is a quote from The Creekside Bones, a book that (gasps) author George Jared has written and that we discussed during our evening together. More to come soon. Dude, why are we collabing? I don't know. Because... Because I suck. I I suck. We both suck. Good job, Andrew. (laughs) I have that book on my iPad. It, and also, if you want to read that book, it's only like three ninety nine on Kindle. Like oh, nice. legit, you can get this book for nothing. It is not very long. I oh, and also my mind has been blown that you know somebody who is better than us. Also, and that was his first episode. Sort of. Also, I said congrats, and and author George Jared like my congrats. Oh my god, you what? <laughs> What's happening? The world. I can't even believe this. Don't yell at me. I can't even believe this. Okay. I'm losing my mind. Why? Yeah. 
Anyway, anyway, yeah, read that book. It's good stuff. Cool. Well, it's good, bad yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's good, bad stuff. Good, you know. Well-written, good content, sad subject. Right. And it's it's like if I could complain about a thing, because I'm mad. I'm going to complain now. Oh, boy. I'm going to complain about this book. It's a little journalisty. That's okay. I know, right? Also, <laughs> I'm trying to I, make I believe, up a thing. I'm trying to make up a author, thing that I'm mad about. I believe But like a, straight up, it's a very good book. There's... It's basically like all of the things that he he wrote about yeah. in, when he was journalizing right. as a journalist. Of course. Does, doing news stuff. And yeah, like it, it's a very good book. And again, for $4. Can't beat it. No, that's that's a very good price. And he has a book again. I, I haven't read it. Uh, let me pull it up. Witches in West Memphis. It's about the West Memphis Three, oh, okay. which we are not. I think we've talked about before. We we are not going to cover the West Memphis. We don't 3. feel confident. There enough. is so much good content out there, and it's so in depth and so derisive. That, like there are plenty of other podcasts to listen to and shows. I'm, and I'm movies. straight about to buy this book though. Oh, um, get it! It is only two ninety nine because we support author Kindle. George Jared. George Jared, dude, nice. Come talk to us. How do we? I'm pretty how, sure we email him. How do we reach out to people? I don't know how to do that. I tell you what, he liked my comment on Facebook, so I can, you know, probably go from there. There it is. That's Be the like, end. hey, we also have a podcast. Are we amateurs? Yes. yes. But we would want to do... <laughs> that's it. We're amateurs. That's it. We're Our, amateurs. But we want to learn more. That's that's my yeah. thing. Yeah, always. Always. At one point, I was thinking about being a journalism major, and then I didn't because... Because college was like, you have to go to class. <laughs> and I and was, like, was like, I'm still a teenager. I was like, what are heart. you talking about? I, it's okay. It's yeah. fine. It's anyway, fine. point is, uh, I need to read this book, actually. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to just add this, uh, buy now with click, one click, which is in West Memphis. Maybe it'll be a part of my, what you're looking at next week. Perfect. Who's to say? Cool. Because this, I'm actually like very interested in Read it. Tell me how thing. it is. So and read the read the chapter on Rebecca Gould. I will. So we can I, discuss it. Oh, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, again, I think I mentioned I mentioned it earlier. George Jared. Yeah, he was the author of it. He well, and he also became friends with right the Dr. father Dr. of Gould or whatever. Rebecca Gould. Yeah. So good stuff, uh, George Jared. Shout out to you. Cool dude. Come on our podcast or don't. Yeah. I, it, it will be either fine way. either way, yeah. but we are, we are, I can't, I cannot believe the thing you just told me. I know. I can't believe it either. I, I just, it just like, it just like, it just happened. It just like sunk in like right now. It's just, you're, you. I blew your mind. My brain is dead. It exploded. <sighs> wow. Okay. Within my head. Well, My skull is filled with nothing but goo. It, technically it always is. <laughs> if you want to get, fil- <laughs> if, if you want to get technical. Yeah, you're right. Okay. All right. Guys, one last thing. Happy Rad Tech Week to all my Rad Techs out there. What? Radiologic. Did you say Rad Tech? Yeah. Okay. I thought you said Ride Rad. Tech. Ra- radiologic Technologist. It is Rad Tech Week. I work very closely with Rad Techs in my department, and they do great work, and I'm very appreciative of them. Okay. I thought you said Ride Tech, as no. in like another Uber or Lyft <laughs> or something. Negative. Um. Rad. They're rad. Yeah, Our rad techs I, are rad. I think we're running long, so we just want to run into... Yeah, the, guys. Yes, let's what, wrap. What do we... 
we um, real quick i, I want to say yes sir i watched mandalorian season two episode two <sighs> don't tell me i need to watch i'm not it. gonna tell you anything other than i think season two episode two aka chapter 10 is kind of meandering mm. it is there's there's maybe some future story stuff set up but mm-hmm. you know how star wars people are like real weird about spoilers in a way that is kind of crazy yes I don't know what I could even say that would be a spoiler okay. for this episode because nothing happens. Season 2, Episode 2 of Mandalorian, a.k.a. Chapter 10, a.k.a. The One Where Nothing Happens. <laughs> but also there's some kind of stuff. Baby Yoda, he's a real piece of crap. If you ask me, uh, <laughs> that's that's what I have to say about that. Oh, also... Another thing, author George Jared, he wrote Whispers in the Willows. Whispers I don't know what it's about. Hold on. Okay. Andrew's finding is it, that out. Is it, is it good? I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm Amazoning it. <gasps> oh, it's about Rebecca Gold. Shut your mouth. And Amanda Tussing, who is well, another person was, who is on... I was going to cover that this week. She's also on the list. Yeah. I was going to cover that this week. Oh, my God. Hey, guys, guess we, what? Our mind is being blown Whispers, on air. Whispers in the Willows is four ninety nine on Kindle. Guess what? Guess who's, guess who's just going to click that And just clicking it right now. Just clicking that. Whoop, so, whoop. Y- again... Very... Y- all, you bought all these books for less than $10, right? Uh, the... Okay. Or just yeah. at ten dollars. Four it's close to four eight. It's like eleven or twelve dollars. Math, math on air. I, yeah. <laughs> okay, but it's close less than fifteen. What's happening? What's wow. what is the show? Wow. Why is this happening? This is a crazy day, guys. I am, crazy. I am losing it right now. Okay. But yeah, uh, these these books are now going to be sent to my Kindle read slash them. iPad. I will hopefully get to them and read them soon. George Jared, come on our show. <laughs> or, <laughs> or don't. Or don't. Or don't. I, I, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Andrew got you first. It's I, fine. Other Andrew. <laughs> I sh- straight up, like, uh, let me see. Follow the author. I can do. Okay, he only has three books, which are. So, I'll say first of all. The Creekside Bones, reality is more horrifying than fiction. Mm-hmm. That is a book we have used as a source at least twice, maybe three times mm-hmm. on this show. And there is Witches in West Memphis, which is about the West Memphis Three, if you want to read that. I, I believe he uh, actually, he mentions in Creekside Bones that he became friends with... Uh, Damien Eccles, I believe was his name, who is one of the West Memphis Three. Yes. So, there. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. But there, but like I said, uh, let me see here. Four, five, three dollar, three dollars for witches in West Memphis. There you go. That's a crazy number. That's low. What about uh, what about? What, what, hold on. Let me do math. Let me do math. Let me do math. Let me do math. Four plus three that's seven it is seven plus five is twelve twelve okay so it's about twelve dollars if you want to get the kindle versions of these books they are creekside bones that's the one we've used several times whispers in the willows which i need to read real bad 
and Witches in West Memphis. I cannot believe that this just happened on this podcast. $12. Get out there. George Jared. Thumbs up. Yeah. All right, guys, that'll do it. Thank you, Andrew. And um, that concludes this week's episode. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including YouTube. You can reach us on Facebook at Paint the Town Dead. Instagram, Paint the Town Dead, all one word. You can email us at pttdpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at pttdpod. Please be sure to um, subscribe to us on all the platforms. Like us. Rate us five stars. Share with your friends. We drop episodes every Tuesday unless something happens, but that rarely happens. That one time. That one time. So episodes every Tuesday. Um, and yeah, anything else? Uh, this George Jared book, Whispers in the Willows, the one about Rebecca Gold and Amanda Tussing, yeah. came out in 2019. It's not that old. Wow. Oh my God. How did I... I what even what even i've really this episode even shocked us today i we blew really, our own minds i really blew it on this one no you're good it i feel pretty. like i bollocks it i'm that's a britishy bollocks. thing to say bollocks never mind the bollocks that's something okay isn't it i don't know isn't it let's yeah. pretend it is because we don't have time to google it <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind the bollocks that's the thing i'm leaving out on thank you Never mind the bollocks. Okay. And and to you guys, no, I no, say... No, no, oh. no, no, no. You can't say that to me. Finish your things. Okay. I'm going to say the thing again. Okay, guys. Thank you for stopping by. I apologize greatly for my kids. They loved it. Yeah. Okay, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for stopping by. Never mind the bollocks. <laughs>